When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy, it's simple, it's fun to use, and like me, I'm not very technical-oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy, if you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up, and uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode uh, I am joined by Benjamin Balderson on this episode. Uh, you can find his work at on YouTube at Odin's Alchemy, also on Rockfin 
at Odin's Alchemy. Um, I might have the YouTube a little mixed up, but uh, definitely on Rockfin. You can also go to heathenwizards.com. I will put all the, the links in the, the show notes for you. But this this man is, I don't know, I, I don't want to say he, 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 well, I do want to say he inspires me because he comes at something that, that a belief system that I've kind of always thought was true. And we go into heathenry, which most people call Vikings and, you know, what have you. And we also talk about hell whole bunch of other things um and at one point uh, as sad as it is live while we were recording uh he has a a mountain lion or bobcat problem on on his homestead so uh they got one of his peacocks and that ain't cool um however you know go to uh rockfin support this man uh it's odin's alchemy and you can find him online, as in like the internet, at Heathen Warriors. Or, I'm sorry, Heathen Wizards. I don't know why I said Warriors. I guess I have fighting in my mind. But HeathenWizards.com. And check his, check his workout. I'd also like to, to take the time to thank Kelly Fitzshizzle. Um, not her real name, but that's her Instagram um handle and she has hooked me up um with a great product called um liquid gold it's curcumin and my my tennis elbow uh, after a this is a week on it and it it's non-existent um so if you're interested in curcumin which is the active ingredient in turmeric uh hit her up she'll give you all the information you want and you know, can't can't thank her enough for for helping me out and discovering her and her, her product. So uh, again, thank you for joining. You know where to find me if, if you want to get a hold of me. My third iPod at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest or have have anything related, I don't I don't care what the topic is. Just get a hold of me and share the, these episodes. Also, go to iTunes. Give me a. a five-star review and uh and and on spotify um instagram is always uh my third eye podcast and i'll leave it at that and we'll jump right into the episode Welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. Today, I am joined by Benjamin Balderson. Uh, I've been a huge fan of this guy for for quite some time now. Ever since I heard him come on, you know, the podcast scene and explaining his uh, his belief in and being a heathen and uh, the North Norse pagan uh, mythology. So, uh, I'm going to turn this over to him and let him introduce himself and where he can be found if he wants to be found. If if not, you know. That, that that's good too so uh and we'll jump right into it i i i think you as my audience will, will really appreciate this so i give you benjamin balderson thank you thank you as you said my name's uh benjamin balderson i'm the host of odin's alchemy 
the my prime my primary work now is on uh, Rockfin, so it's Benjamin Balderson's Odin's Alchemy. Um, I also do put a little bit of stuff on YouTube. Um, YouTube's very uh, heavy on the censoring, so a lot of it can't even be put on there. So we don't even bother trying. Um, but that's where that's mostly where I am these days, and uh, I go around and speak on a lot of other shows. So if you watch, if you listen to like Crow Seven 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 or Freeman Fly or Marty Leeds, um, Sam Tripoli, uh, all over the place. So I'm I'm pretty active with that um, because for the longest time I didn't have a platform uh, where I felt like I could freely speak, and so uh, I spoke on other people's platforms. <clears throat> but uh that's about that's about it anymore um i have a website uh the heathen with um and i have a few i have some jewelry and some uh, different products that i make i don't push that real hard though uh mostly we do that kind of thing for festivals and whatnot i go around and do like renaissance festivals and things in the summer and um different fairs things like that you know, get out, get off the farm for a little bit, get rid of some of them handmade things. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you end up getting a big uh, collection of alpaca hair laying around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you bet. So what, but, got, uh, what got you started? So I've always had just a, a real avid interest in uh, mythologies and different cosmologies. Um, when I was young, I, I had a, uh, very advanced reading comprehension. So I was reading uh, Greek mythologies when I was real young, and they were just fascinating. And I kept moving from there. Um, and it, that ended up progressing to where when I got older, I started going to whatever uh, religious ceremonies that were made available to me, um, whether it was just something in the area or a friend uh, invited me, whatever. Um, so I went and checked out just about everything. Um, and then it turns out that one of the last things that I had went and checked out then was, uh, uh, Odinism. And I, I don't even know why, because, uh, that it's just very interesting because I'm, uh, Germanic, uh, by blood, uh, extremely Germanic and, uh, all my people were heathens at some point. So I don't know why it, that, that. I came last. I didn't, uh, I wasn't opposed to it. It's not something that, uh, uh, you know, I'd gotten soured from when I was young or whatnot, where a lot of people get soured from something their family does. And nobody in my family talked about it in any way. Um, and then actually come to find out just like a, a year and a half ago after I, after, uh, a lot of years, my mom got sick. And then she's told me that, uh, and I don't know why they've been hiding this from me for so long, but apparently uh, I had a great uncle and I knew about him and I knew about uh, this uh, secret in the family where uh, he'd done some real heavy research and uh, then disposed of it and made it very hard for anybody else to go find it. Um, and it was, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of mystifying in it. And uh, the, the rumor in the family that I had heard uh, when I was young was that uh, somebody in the family was a cattle thief or something. And uh, that uh, 
they he was embarrassed about that well it turns out that they were heathens with that we were heathens and he was a very very extremely christian man and uh so that embarrassed him and got rid of that so my mom eventually came off and told me that so it was all very interesting but uh eventually even without any of that um after going through almost every other cosmology and I had eventually settled on basically the left-hand path um, just in general and was pretty much uh, uh, practicing alchemy, um, uh, doing a lot of different occult uh, works, things like that. Um, and I came across the Havamal and the Havamal is the words of Odin. And that was just absolutely amazing. It's like, uh, I picked this book up and it, outside of just a few little bits it uh i might as well have been writing it it was it was like putting on an old glove like somebody had just taken the things i had decided over the years uh through trial and error and pulled out of different places were just all of a sudden compiled and i was like wow um and that then pushed me into uh, obviously uh researching and learning more and really, I'm honestly kind of glad I came to it later because the, the stories, rather than um, having a real superficial level, like uh, obviously, the, you know, as a small child reading the Greek mythologies, uh, I didn't uh, take any deeper meaning into it. You know, I'm glad that uh, it ended up fascinating me so to where eventually I uh, had the comprehension to see the deeper meanings in it. Um, but obviously I didn't at that time. So when I came to uh, the Havamal and uh, started digging into the heathen cosmology, I was able to already see those deeper meanings into it and those uh, uh, bigger things. And it all just fell into place. And on top of that, just the, the general um, way that they live, it, it uh, beckoned to me something fierce. It was something, like I said, that I was already doing. I grew up on a farm, um, lived in a, you know, had my own farm as an adult uh, and ended up moving completely off grid and out into the mountains where it's uh, more of a self-sufficiency rather than uh, trying to really try to go out and make money on anything or whatnot. It's really more just being self-sufficient as much as possible and then what little money you do make uh, is you just throw that to what you need or what the governor steals from you for your yeah. having for owning land and yeah no shit. Uh, <laughs> right <laughs> you know you can't hardly get around that they are they are they they just uh, you're gonna give you're gonna pay us and if you don't we're gonna come take your shit so and there's no getting around it on that one um, so you got to pay that <laughs> but. Uh, as I was looking at it, everything from just the very first creation story. Um, are you able to hear that in the background? My wife's phone is playing Fehu. She has an alarm for something. Very vague. Turn that off. off yeah, I don't want that sticking in here. Now, speaking of music, are uh, I, I sent you a link to. Uh, um, a band that I just recently came across. Were you familiar with them? Uh, 
high lung. Uh, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're amazing, amazing. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a, that's a good band. That's a good band. They were uh, I wanted to go see them there recently in uh, San Francisco. Um, I wanted to go down there and see them, but didn't make it down there. <laughs> Too busy. Right. Yeah, they're a really good band. Uh, Danheim is fantastic. They're uh, they're they're uh, as far as bands like that, they're my favorite. And on top of that, Danheim is kind of is on our side with things. Uh, very against the uh, BS that the culture's uh, pulling right now, right. and very outspoken about it. Uh, gets his stuff pulled off of social media fairly regularly because he's outspoken uh, against the. Uh, the jabs and uh, the controls that they've been putting into place, the censorships, the things like that. Uh, he's really outspoken about it. And, uh, you know, that directly costs him quite a bit because uh, uh, because he's so outspoken, he doesn't uh, run with mainstream labels. And uh, when you can't get your stuff out on social media because they keep banning you, uh, that's that's direct so mm -hmm. he still feels like he needs to uh uh be outspoken even with that um so given that and that i love his music he's probably they're my favorite um Wardroon is great uh in the, that type of genre um yeah that over in europe they have some really really awesome bands that's just yeah. all that, all there is to it that they do and I was watching, I know I'm getting kind of sidetracked, but I was watching an interview with them and uh, I did not realize that they actually took human bones with them for their, for their shows. And they were talking <laughs> how difficult it, it, it is to, you know, travel because of the, everything that they take with them and, you know, how it, it's not, it's not a show. It, it's more of a ritual, you know what I mean? And everything right. has its place. And I was just, I was fascinated. I was just like, wow, that that's amazing. Like, like they really go authentic with it. I did not know that that yeah. is fascinating and, and kind of shocking that they're able to get some of the places they get, because like they, like you're saying, it's, it's actually uh, traveling across state lines with anything other than an extraordinarily common set of bones like cows or something mm -hmm. uh is really hard if it gets into anything exotic at all um like i got a, a piece of a mammoth a piece of mammoth tusk and i can't leave and if and if i leave california um i'll have to either hide it while i'm traveling or whatever because you can't travel across state lines with those things yeah that's crazy um, yeah yeah real weird and uh the guy i got that from oh what was it he got arrested he got arrested with some other extinct exotic bone and uh he actually even had a license and he still got arrested uh yeah they get like, real it's an animal yeah. bone like <laughs> but it yeah. is california yep. like you said you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly so so i honestly it's california so they probably said human bones oh we don't give a shit about that yeah true <laughs> no <laughs> it's, it's the oldest extinct uh, uh mammoths and 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 other you know old animals that used to roam here at one point we that that we have a problem with just uh, human nah we're good <laughs> nah we're, we're okay with that yeah really odd um although and, and a lot of people will get weirded out by that because high lungs doing that. 
and those same people don't won't realize how often almost every religion and culture takes human bones and incorporates them into religious uh, type items. Uh, if you're at any type of a, a Catholic uh, pulpit that is actually uh, considered sacred, it has a reliquary, which is a, a piece of a saint, a, a bone of a saint, typically like a finger or some such thing. Uh, it's down in the corner of the altar. Mm. And so any altar that's actually considered safe, sacred, according to the Catholics, has a reliquary in it. That's crazy. Um, but they, right. you know, m- most common Joes wouldn't, wouldn't even know that. And then if, if you do tell them, they'll, they'll come up with some kind of story to justify it and demonize heathenry. You know what I mean? Because, oh, that, that's the pagans and the druids and those were the snakes that the, the Catholics had to stomp out of, you know, Ireland and everything. So it's, it's exactly, uh, it's a very, it's a very, uh, well, the whole thing is, is, uh, they're, they, they are society and mm -hmm. we were tribe and they, and we were tribe to a functional manner that they could not have around. Um, and because, as a tribe, we were still very independent. So even inside the tribe, every man was his own man and we were all free men and you chose to follow something or not. Um, the way that uh, a lot of times it's portrayed on TV where they, where, uh, they really set it up where these Jarls and things like that were more, uh, uh, <clears throat> were more, uh, King type things. Um, any of the landowners was his own free man and, yeah. and chose what he wanted to do. Um, that was the way it was. So we were a very independent people and even Tacitus in uh, Germania. Oh, well, that's one of the things that he remarked on. He said, these people don't even like each other. <laughs> <You know>, they, <laughs> like they all, they all go off on their own. They don't live together, right. you know, because uh, that culture uh, they can't understand that desire to be individual farms. Like when you read the Havamal, one of the things that it says is, is you're better to have, uh, uh, your own farm, even if it's a shack with a couple goats, uh, then, you know, be a beggar on somebody else's place. So if you aren't known in your own land, uh, even like I said, even if it's something meager, that's far superior to anything else. Yeah, Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because like, I desire that, you know what I mean? One day, hopefully I can achieve, achieve that. I mean, I do own my own house. I have three quarters of an acre, but I don't, I want to, I want to live off grid. You know what I mean? I, I, I would, I, I envy people that, you know, are able to do it such as yourself because, and especially where you are, you know, that, you know, that's gotta be more hard in, in that state than, than most. I, I would think may, I could be wrong, but you know, just with how they are with their, their rules and laws and what have you. Well, that's, that's the thing about, uh, when you decide to take on this lifestyle, there's a number of changes that come with that. And a number of things that people, the government really only gets real antsy in their pantsy if you're trying to make money. Mm -hmm. So if they figure you're in a situation where you can't really make money, um, and you're not like getting over on them and they're not getting some big chuck, you know, cut of something, they really primarily leave you alone. So one of the first things you look at when you're going off grid is rather than looking at these, uh, 
areas that are really uh, commercially um, valued where somebody like, oh, I could go farm 40 acres there. Uh, realize like uh, one of the people that uh, I'm real good friends with and um, I admire is Elsie King. And Elsie King uh, runs an uh, entire little farm. He goes around, he does these things called veggie boxes. They do catering. He, he uh, serves restaurants and things. And he's got like a little uh, acre and a half uh, greenhouse garden. Um, little couple little tunnel greenhouses and a little outside garden. He's only gardening an acre and a half. And that's enough to, that's enough to sustain him and his, uh, his family. His wife does the catering and things. Right. Um, yeah. So they aren't trying to go out and uh, become the next jolly green giant, but they're just being self-sufficient, living really not, you know, living decent. And that's no problem. So when you start taking that into account that you don't need to commercially farm the way other people are commercially farming in order to make things viable, well, then all of a sudden your land needs change. And now you understand that uh, you can live in like a mountainous area, uh, in an area where people who are going to take big machinery and do monoculture, uh, monocropping, um, that they're going to use these giant machines so they can get this done really fast, really easily do the maximum amount and try and make the largest amount of profit. Well, instead you look and you can find these areas in the mountains and like my, my little place now, granted it's 25 acres, but I don't think I can use 20 of them. Um, I mean, it'd be some work to really make them any kind of usable at all. It's, it's a, it's just a forest, uh, on a mountain. Uh, but I've got about, uh, maybe five acres, maybe eight, something like that could even be 10. I have no, it's hard to say, cause it's all on a wicked slope, but, uh, now that's more than enough when you only need an acre and a half to grow that kind of food. You throw a couple chickens out there and a couple cows Well, you're talking, you don't really need that much and you can do it in an area that's not desirable. Right. Because you're going to not, you're not going to be doing this big monoculture uh, type thing. You're going to hope, hopefully be doing a permaculture, which then that first year is a whole lot of work. Definitely a lot of work getting the land set up the way that you need it to be set up. Um, when you get there, like when I got here, uh, it was just trashed and definitely none of the soil is ready for growing. Now, fortunately, I have a bunch of alpacas. Um, so for the last year, we've been getting the land ready, um, getting it shaped the way we want it shaped. Now I'm going to go in and build the soil biome up and make it into a soil biome that I want for my crops. And uh, which includes like currently right now, literally we're, uh, you can see it out the window. You can see the four by fours just sticking up all oh, nice. for no apparent reason. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I was, sit, I was uh, actually sitting here. I was like, man, that looks beautiful up that, the back behind you in the window. And now granted, I'm, I'm seeing like logs and trees and stuff. I'm just like, man, that's awesome. You bet. <laughs> But uh, we, we got it fenced. I've got a couple hundred birds, so they're real hard on my garden. So I've got to do like a super fence. That's why it's all four by fours between the birds and the goats. Yeah, um, It's got to be solid and all the way across. <laughs> now, you don't do just chickens, do you? 
I've got chickens and turkeys and peacocks. And I normally have guineas and ducks, but the bobcats got them. Mm. Um, I'm at war with these bobcats. Uh, you know what you need to get? And, and when when I heard, because I do infrared. remember you saying that. Well, not only that, get yourself a couple treeing walker coonhounds. Mm. Right. I, I don't right. know if you have access to, you know, watching TV. There used to be a program called Mountain Men. And the one guy used to run off I, mountain I lions. And the, the breed of dog that he chose to use were treeing walker coonhounds and kind of inspired me on why I wanted a treeing walker coonhound. Now I don't, I don't hunt him and I don't have a, you know, mountain lion or a bobcat problem. However, right. They don't back down. I mean, they, they go nice and they're not nice. super huge. And I've, I've heard some other accounts now, if you believe in dog man or whatever, um, there was a, a situation where this young kid encountered one and his, his dog, you know, was known as the best coonhound in the area and did not back down. I mean, he was, you know, he was a kill hound and saved this kid's life and they nursed him back to health and, and everything. And, but yeah, treeing Walker coonhounds huh. are the shit. And he got attacked by the dog, man, the cryptid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like his, his ears were like, uh, it, it, I mean, this dog should have been dead and they went out the next day, him and his grandfather and, and, you know, found him, and, you know, his grandma nursed him, you know, the dog back to health. And I mean, I remember si listening nice. to it, you know, when I was at work driving and I was just like, man, you know, that, I, I have a treeing walker coonhound and, and I, I see how he plays with my, you know, French Mastiff Rottweiler, like he, you know, he's twice his size, but he does not back down. You know, they don't get angrily, but they, they play fight and he right, just, right. you know, he, he, he's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I, I'm as big as you, even uh. though I'm not, but yeah, get yourself some uh. train walker coonhounds. Yeah. These guys, these guys, I don't think are scared, but the damn cats always come, you know, they don't come during the day and mm -hmm. these lazy asses, you know, at night, you know, the sun goes down. Um, they go to bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're pebbles we're going to bed <laughs> i'm the only person that the 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 bird alerts wakes up and and i'll come firing out of bed but uh trying to shoot a rifle and hold a flashlight at the same time does not pan out no at all it's it's it yeah yeah and cats they they move fast and as soon as you hit them with the light they know they know the jigs up they aren't mm -hmm. just gonna hang out um no, one night there was at least three of them and like I'd run across the yard one way and they'd come back Two of them would come back the other way and they were back and forth in me. And, Oh, I was so mad getting infrared for sure. Oh, that made me mad. Um, anyways, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack you there. I, Cause I, the, oh, no, the first okay. things that we did when, when we bought this property, um, was get chickens and, you know, we grow a garden and what have you, you know, trying to do what little, you know, we can and, Dude, there's nothing better than going out and getting your own fresh egg. And I remember when the, the pandemic first hit and walking into the store and like there was no eggs. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, glad we don't got that problem. Yep, exactly. Even in California here, they still got limits on people's eggs. Oh, wow. On them shitty, shitty eggs that they yeah. pawn off at the store that I you couldn't pay me to eat. Because, mm -mm. oh, wow, are the store eggs. Unless you get the like $8 a carton eggs. 
They're horrifying. Oh, they are. They have no flavor. Nothing. None. No nutrition. No mm-hmm. nothing. It's a the yolk is the yolk is like a a weird light yellow instead of a nice deep gold color and uh the the white of it is just like water and mm-hmm. instead of being basically like snot you know you can like like my home eggs you can just pluck in and reach and pull the yolk right out with your fingers and set it down it doesn't matter yeah um yeah you got to work to especially like uh the turk or the duck eggs our duck eggs uh, you gotta dang near use a fork to break the yolk on those if you're not going to try and just fry it straight a couple years ago um my son's girlfriend had 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 ducks he's not with that girl anymore but uh she had brought over some hard-boiled duck eggs and they they were the best hard-boiled egg i've ever eaten the yolk was so creamy and oh man i was like and then we tried to put them in like with some pickled beets that's that's really big over here on the east coast they didn't take to that too well. They, it, for whatever, the vinegar didn't, hmm. you know, it spoiled them. But I tell you what, hmm. hard boiled. Well, they're much more oily yeah, than a I, normal egg. Um, I, that could a lot be. more greasy is what people call it. So that might be it. Um, yeah. I think they, t- I, I'm with you. I think they're the most delicious of all the bird eggs. I've never mm-hmm. tried the peacock eggs. Um, I've never tried those, but all the other birds have tried their eggs. Uh, turkey and chicken are about the same, you know, turkey's right. pretty much like getting like three chicken eggs though. I mean, they're yeah. big eggs. Um, and actually funny enough, uh, turkey eggs used to be as common as chicken eggs. Um, but I think this might've been the 1800s. Uh, it was after the, the printed press, um, whenever it was, because some, some farmers paid the printing press agencies to put out this story about how turkey egg caused leprosy oh my God. which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious yeah well that the retraction of course comes out you know after after a couple of weeks the retraction comes out on page eight you know down in the corner and that everybody was already done eating turkey eggs and, right. and the market never came back um so, yeah a lot of oh, Amish out here uh, actually pretty hilarious they bake with uh they prefer duck eggs to bake with just because like oh. you said, I, yeah, I guess they're more oily and what have you. So like their cakes and everything that they make, man, they're, it's, it's banging shit, but they, that's one of the things they use oh. lard and duck eggs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I, I eat a lot of eggs because I myself am a vegetarian and that, de- that definitely surprises a lot of people. Um, but I'm not a vegan by any means. And as a vegetarian, you've got to make sure that you're uh, taking in enough oils and fats in order to process these minerals. Um, minerals are the bioavailability of things is, is the key to it. And a lot of vegetarians are unhealthy and fail because of that. Uh, where my wife and I, we, geez, my wife might use two bricks of butter a day. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you know. We, we go through a lot of butter and uh, cheese and a uh, whole good cream top fat, fat milk. Mm, um, nice. You know, we don't skim the milk all off. We leave some of the fat in the milk, leave it nice and creamy. You got to shake it up before you drink it. I'm assuming uh, you, you, you make your own butter from, from milking. Your yeah. Cows? Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. the best. 
Oh yeah, it's it, well, especially ours are grass-fed cows. Mm-hmm. So the the milk is so smooth and creamy and just rich. Um, I mean, it's not just grass; they're also going around and because I've got Dexters um, cows. There's a lot of misconceptions about milk and cows uh, because so many people are having uh, intolerance to milk. And they're having it mostly, you know, not saying this is 100% the case, but 95% um, of these people are having an A1 intolerance issue. It's a protein that uh, these commercial dairies, because they're milking like Holsteins Mm -hmm. and these giant cows, um, those cows have an A1 protein in their milk, where like mine, mine are these Dexter yard cows. They're just these, they're mini cows. They're only like 600 pounds. There's something, you know, that are real friendly. They're only, uh, uh, their backs only just above your hip. Um, you just stand there and pet them like an oversized dog and they'll play and stuff. Um, this was something anybody kept in their yard and went out and milked. This was something that humankind has been living with, you know, since we've known. Right. And uh, where per A2 milk is perfectly digestible for for the vast majority of people. Obviously, there are the occasional person that's going to just entirely not be able to take milk in. But 95% of the people that have an issue, it's the A1 protein, and they've never even heard of the A2 version of a cow. But my cows only give off a couple gallons a day, as opposed to, I think, like a Holstein's like eight gallons of milking or something like that. It's, It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so commercially, but now with being a vegan um, or vegetarian, do you, and where you are, do you forage for, for wild mushrooms? Oh yeah. Yeah. My wife went nuts with it this year. She was, uh, she was crazy with finding the mushrooms and then she makes, uh, there's a couple things. She makes this, uh, mushroom soup. That's, you know, like she'll take like six different kinds of mushrooms and she makes it into like almost like a cream of mushroom soup. Um, and uh, then she makes this uh, walnut sourdough bread. And uh, oh man, those two things together, just phenomenal. But yeah, she went nuts with it this year because we're in Humboldt County now over in Redding. Uh, the mushrooms weren't great. I mean, there was some, but uh, being in Humboldt County, it, it's like, when the rains come in the fall, all of a sudden everywhere, just more mushrooms than you can imagine. I've learned uh, more names and more kinds of mushrooms this year. It's uh, just which absolutely fascinating. Per- which, yeah. Which ones are pretty prominent in your area? Cause um, I'll, I'll ask you and then I'll let you know, maybe it's some of the same that, that I go and forage, but uh, um, do you get lion's mane or a chicken in the woods or turkey tail or, you know, your turkey chantrelles. tail, like you wouldn't believe. Oh, nice. uh, chanterelles, tons of chanterelles, turkey tails, like you wouldn't believe. I, I have not found any native lion's mane. I have found lion's mane because other people throw plugs in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was plugs. It definitely wasn't just a, a random lion's mane. Right. Um, a lot of amanitas, uh, which mm. you have to be super careful with. Because uh, amanitas are just horrible like that. It's like uh, uh, you know they'll either kill you or you know they're they're great or they kill you. It's one or the other. Yeah, um, I haven't messed much with them. 
I'm, I'm too, too new in my journey and I, I'll come across them. I'm like, I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> right. Well, and there's, there's so many of them and they look, what, it, what is this? Oh, wow. I found some and got them in the truck. You must've found like, that's a lot of peacock feather. Fucking bobcat. It's going to oh. die. That pisses me off. They got peacock at you. Oh shit. I thought <sighs> they were molting and that's what, how you got them. That's yeah. usually how we get them, but he got one of my peacocks apparently. So the peacocks usually don't have a problem because they all sleep on top of my house. It's horribly annoying. Um, <laughs> and not enough to where I'm going to do anything about it, but right. still it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but apparently, uh, Henry, Henry's the big bad boy and, uh, him and Peacock at you, uh, Henry, it's, it's getting mating time. So I think he drove, uh, Henry drove Peacock at you off. My grandson named him, by the way, that's not oh, no. something I came up with. Hey, um, that's a cool. Name. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he, he wanted, uh, the, the one I'd already named Henry and the other one, he likes, you know, the Pokemon. So he mm -hmm. likes the Pikachu and he said, so he decided the Peacock was Peacock at you. Nice. And then he wanted to name the other one Malachi, like it, it after himself. But nice. I said, no, his name's Henry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. But I think you bet, you bet. But I think Henry chased Peacock at you off because everybody's been showing off the last week. Um, so I think he chased uh, Peacock at you off and he went down there where the fucking cat could get at him because the cat normally has just been getting the Tom turkeys and uh, the ducks. Mm. <clears throat> well, like I told you, look into getting some training Walker coon hounds. They'll, they'll keep them away. Definitely. Definitely. No, definitely. This is a, well, and then that mountain lion uh, that it was a mountain lion one day and that was, disturbing because that would take out the goats and the alpacas too yeah um and these these twcs you know. they'll run them off too they they have it's weird because they're not a they're not one of the bigger hounds they're like a medium-sized hound and they just have no fear at all like you'd put them beside like a a blue tick or a red tick or even a bloodhound or something like that uh. And they look kind of small, you know what I mean? But no. Whew. Right, right. They're just. See, and that's when you have chickens, that's one of the things you learn is that the size doesn't matter at mm -mm. all. No. And, and especially when you're dealing with a predator, what, what a predator wants is easy prey. Uh, it, it, a predator, it understands uh, the predator mentality. And if that predator takes any kind of damage, it's now prey. Yep. Um, and it realizes that. So anything that is going to fight back, that's going to put up a fight, the predator doesn't even want to fight with it. It's like, mm -hmm. no, no, thanks. Um, it, it's amazing. You go out in the yard and a, a, a mouthy little silky will run off one of the damn uh, uh, cream crested leg bars or one of the, um, the my biggest ones are the uh, black copper marins. They, they lay this really chocolate looking egg. They have a nice. really he heavy bloom. Um, yeah, really nice. Uh, they're a pretty big bird though. And the silkies will run him off. No problem. That's like, crazy. Cause silkies aren't very big. <laughs> no, they're no, they're tiny little guys, yeah. tiny little guys. But I tell you what, uh, and you have to eat about 23 of their eggs, I think to be a normal size egg. They're, they're so little, <laughs> but 
they're the best moms on the, on the yard. If you're trying, if you're hatching your own eggs and replenishing your stock, uh, a silky, they'll hatch out anything. They oh, don't nice. care. That silky just wants to sit on eggs. <laughs> they get broody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More broody than any other chicken breed by far. Yeah. I've got one, I've got one silky that, uh, she does over half of my, uh, chicks every year. And then it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily have to be chicken eggs either. Right. Like there's, she's hatched out this year. She hatched out some Guinea eggs and, um, whatever's around. She'll just sit on it. Nice. nice. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. My chicken, I, I have black and, uh, black sex link and red sex link. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, they're decent, you know, they produce right around 300 eggs a year close to it like in the high 280s somewhere in there i'm i actually went down today and finally got three eggs out of my eight birds because you know they're not the smartest winter they, yeah winter and they decide to go into a molt and it's like why would you shed your feathers to grow new feathers when it's this fucking cold every year it's like you don't yeah that's this. weird yeah that's but, weird huh yeah interesting yeah because mine do it in the middle mine usually molt in uh august yeah. july august yeah mine, so mine usually because i don't know if it's a sex link you know breed in itself but usually right around um december january end of november december january they start you know you'll start hmm. seeing a whole bunch of feathers you know laying laying in the you know the pen and what have you and it's like okay here we go we're gonna go through another mold and they look all yeah i got uh, sad and sad and <laughs> right right oh. yeah outside of uh outside of uh the uh silkies and i've got uh polish because i like the way they look other than that most of my birds that i have are because they lay odd colored eggs so oh, i've nice. got yeah, yeah. At uh, at one point in time, and I probably could again um, this summer. Uh, I had a I used to be able to put a whole dozen eggs of different colors, because I've got uh, blue and green and red and brown, and I have ducks that lay a black egg. I have some. Uh, my langshins don't lay the full purple or plum colored egg, but they're kind of speckled purple and plum. Okay. Um, that's cool because yeah, i've always been fascinated free. like my wife was actually tossing around the idea of maybe getting some easter eggers and you know to get those yep. different different color eggs and, and what have you and i tell people and they're like oh i only thought chickens laid white eggs i'm like fuck no dude that's just that's mass marketing <laughs> exactly exactly and, that, and that's what and that's what people want it's very interesting because that's one of the other things about living in California as a vegetarian. Um, like when I lived in the Midwest, it was horrifying. Uh, and that's actually where I started being a vegetarian and vegetarian and my diet was crappy. Um, but you come out to California and, and uh, because the weather is so, so nice, uh, they're able to grow vegetables, you know, all year long. And, so they, you get a lot of exotic vegetables. Like if I go down to the store that we shop down in here uh, at any given time, they usually have about four to five different types of cauliflower. Um, 
they'll have like the normal white uh, snowball cauliflower, mm-hmm. but then they have the the yellow or the golden cauliflower. They have the the green Fibonacci cauliflower. Uh, there's a purple one. Yep. Um, you know, and each of these uh, different colors has different minerals and different impacts that it does. And the same thing applies for potatoes and, you know, all these other different foods you go through there. There's varieties of things I'd never even dreamt of, uh, you know, and that's, that's before you start even getting into the farmer's markets and things like that, where these people are really getting crazy with it. And you're finding like, you know, orange flesh watermelon that tastes mm-hmm. entirely different than a normal watermelon. And it's, uh, just fantastic. Uh, each, like I said, so each of these is going to have different minerals, different needs. And when you start really start putting that variance in there, you're going to have a a more complete diet. And then some of the other things that you have to do, let's, like I said, taking in a heavy, heavy amount of fats, um, oils, uh, because the minerals, minerals are a salt. Mm -hmm. And I talk a lot about salts. Um, and for me, like, that's part of why, like I, I, appreciate being an Odinist. Um, that's where my salt side is from. That's where my root is from. So it makes sense to me that that's something that I would have, uh, eventually kind of, as soon as it was put in front of me said, Oh yes, this is my preference. Cause this is what my people's preference was for a very long time. Um, so, but in order for that salt to be useful, it needs to have an oil to open it up right. is something that's going to make it so it's able to be absorbed by your body, be able to do something with it. And it, when you're a vegetarian and a vegan, uh, they don't take in a lot of oils and a lot of fats. Um, you know, just no, eating I have some a, avocados is not cutting it. No, I have a buddy that he, he turned, he turned vegan because he had a gallbladder issue and then had it removed and he he dealt with the gallbladder issue for for a few years and in, in a lot of pain so when he had it removed he was afraid to go back to like a normal diet so he, he picked up veganism and he was telling us you know how, how he's eating tofu and in this and that and I'm, we're like dude get away from soy you know soy's not yeah, that it's good horrifying. for you it's it's horrible for you and you know hopefully you know he's getting better at it but like you said get those oils and you know natural minerals in you because that at the end of the day that's what we're made up of you know what i mean and you got to replenish exactly exactly that's that's your key components and and there's all kinds of minerals like there's a what is it b12 that you have that you get either have to eat eggs or meat or dirt Mm-hmm. You know, and if you watch the chickens, they walk around uh, uh, pecking at the dirt, eating dirt all the dang time. You, you throw out some fresh dirt for them. They come over just, <laughs> you know, all excited about it. Um, and a lot of people don't realize eat. when when if, if they were to butcher a wild turkey or a chicken in their crop are rocks to yeah. help them digest yeah. their food. And And when you tell somebody that they're like, are you serious? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, they, they eat this shit and by eating it, their body absorbs it. And when they lay a beautiful butt nugget and you go to eat it, you're getting all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. That, and, and, and the, 
when you look at commercial, they even take their beaks off. Mm-hmm. Like, so they can't peck at each other and you know, they're not giving them gravel. Uh, they're not doing right by them. There's no nutrition in those eggs. And, and these are all things you've got to take into account when you're trying to make your own diet. It, it's, it's one of the most interesting things. Cause I obviously, uh, I speak in the truth, uh, community and, you know, cons- slash com- conspiracy community. And a lot of people speak out against the conspiracy of, of food. But the thing is, is we don't want to do the things that it takes to have our own food and to have it that way. And then we don't stop and think that like your good organic food, that does not keep it all. Um, If you aren't doing some food preservation method to it, it's going to be gone real quick. It's going to mold. It's going to rot. It's going to break down uh, the natural bacteria in it, which they kill with their processing also keeps it from breaking down. So you're able to get it in, in the store two weeks afterwards, after it's been shipped and distributed and blah, 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 you're able to get it. And it's not rotten food, Uh, the food. So that it's a trade-off. So if you don't want that rotten food, you've got to start making your own food, growing your own food and start gaining understandings of things like this. And, and, chickens are such an excellent excellent start which like i said you there's vitamins that you can't even get except for out of eggs and meat and anybody that keeps chickens it also keeps people from turning into like these pita nuts um where these people absolutely are some of the least educated people on how an animal operates and what they need um they're just running around screaming their feelers Mm -hmm. and like when you say when you won't eat an egg because oh that's a chicken's baby and all this you apparently have never had chickens if if the chicken wants that egg and it wants to go broody you can't hardly stop it that damn thing turns into a dinosaur they'll run around and steal all the eggs around them and sit on them and if you reach for it they'll go yeah just like the shit out yeah yeah you're like all right dude them are yours and 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 if a chicken goes broody we let them keep them eggs but other than that they just leave them all over you find them everywhere on the damn farm Mm -hmm. i found them on top of my windshield wiper on my truck (laughs) found them on the seat of the tractor i used to have one that would come in when i lived i used to stay in a winnebago uh, before I had built the house and I just stayed in a Winnebago and I'd leave the door open on it because it's so damn hot in there. And I had one chicken, she'd come in and the spot where I sat, she'd sit there and she'd lay an egg and then leave and, and just leave <laughs> the egg at my feet all the time. Um, <laughs> and and so what a lot of birds, people don't understand is they want to wash them immediately. They don't realize they can yep. stay at room temperature for months. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Not hot. No. Um, I do. I do have to chill mine in the summer. Um, yes. Where like right now, a hundred percent agree. We just leave them on the counter and that bloom is what it's called. Uh, seals the egg and washing that bloom off actually makes it. So the porous uh, uh, shell of the egg now soaks in bacterias. Mm-hmm. It lets the air back out that's inside the egg. So now the egg starts deteriorating. Um, that absolutely is a horrible, horrible thing to do uh, that, that in America we do. Yeah. They don't do that like in Europe and places like that. They keep their eggs in a basket on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the summer here, it's so there was <laughs> the, second year i moved here uh 
73 days in a row, it never got below a hundred. And most of them, and I'm talking about at night, two in the morning, three in the morning, it is still over a hundred degrees. Um, which shockingly enough is enough to incubate eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You wake uh, up with a little so chicken we were... on your on your counter. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we were, we were, we were, uh, mom would go to make something and there'd be a live bird. Oh no. You know, so we have, we have to be real careful about that in the summer, uh, in California here. So, uh, now since, since we're on the, the top of topic of eggs, uh, let, let's take it back to heathenism and, uh, um, the, it, is it the egg, egg realm theory? The cosmic egg? Yeah. The cosmic egg. You betcha. So, and I mean, there's actually this same theory. It, it, it sits uh, in a number of different ways because you can look at it like sacred geometry. Um, we live in the Vesca Pisces. Uh, and this is one of the things that also matches with uh, heathen cosmology. And it's one of my favorite parts of it because immediately that stuck out. So when you look at the heathen cosmology, when the world where before there was a world, uh, there was three things. There was Gananga Gap, which is the yawning chasm, which is the mm-hmm. all-mother. And then there was Muspelheim and Niflheim. One's a world of complete fire and chaos, and one's a world of ice and stability. So there's no life yet. Well, Gananga Gap pulls Muspelheim because it's a it's a yawning chasm it pulls Muspelheim and Niflheim together and now where these two meet it obviously causes all kinds of destruction but also out of that destruction came life and that life's inside the Vesca Pisces of the of these two worlds and and you understand that anything uh when you look at the Vesca Pisces, if you draw a, set, a line across the center of it and you understand anything below that line, it starts getting more and more dense. And you're talking about things quit moving as much. You're talking about the crystal realms. Mm-hmm. It, it's too dense and too slow for life to happen, like life that we understand, um, right. you know, like on this plane. I'm not saying that it doesn't have life. I'm not saying that everything does, but it's as far as we understand life that moves too slow. You can pick up a crystal to us. It seems lifeless on the flip side, anything above that line, it starts getting more and more chaotic all the way up to complete fire plasma, where you're just talking about energy. And that's the entire system is, is energy. One side is fire. One side is stability. And in the middle is where these two things actually uh, have power, have a differential. And that's where life happens. This is no different than a battery, no different than a heart meter, um, where you need to set up a polarity between the positive and negative. And now that we have this polarity uh, in the center of that, we have a differential. We can draw power out of this whole system. Um, so that's what we're talking about. And this exists in most cosmologies. Things have just gotten really confused for most people uh, with a lot of religions and different religious leaders. Um, 
anytime you're looking now for me, right hand and left hand. So right hand path is basically uh, you are following somebody else. You're following a structured regime. Um, you're sitting in classes, you're reading the book. When it's left hand, you're the one that wrote, wrote the book. You're the one that had this more spiritual experience. You, you went out and sought things in nature um, and your time and your uh, belief system comes out of that, not out of something that somebody told you, somebody wrote down, uh, some experience somebody else had. And that's the entire difference uh, between uh, right and left hand path. Um, but most people are going to be more right hand path. Uh, it's a weird duck that goes out and just starts you know, making those observations and developing his own world off of them. Uh, so most people are going to be right-hand path. And one of the dangers, both sides have dangers. We all know the left-hand path. Everybody screams about guys like Aleister Crowley. Um, you know, of course, left-hand path. There's the danger of you're going to be a complete freak and decide that you're, you can do all these horrible things. But the thing is, is that exists equally on the right-hand path. And when you do a right-hand path, you take a whole group of people with you. So right. it's not just one person being a jackass. It's a whole lot. <laughs> there, there was a guy named Jim Jones, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He handed out some Kool-Aid. Yep. It, it was pretty, it was some pretty rugged Kool-Aid from what I heard. Yeah. Um, you bet. So right-hand path, uh, the, the dangers of right-hand path are that then you just get a whole group and, and then, the extreme of right-hand path, well, you look at like the Orthodox Christian, Orthodox Christianity. Not only um, are you not making your own observations and, and tying in your own experience, but you can't even interpret what that book says. You've got to get an interpretation of some church father that was uh, uh, ordained and recognized and his opinion of what was written is then written. And you can read his opinion of something that he read and your opinion can't vary from his opinion, but you can then argue about what his opinion meant and, and, and find a little bit of difference there, but you cannot go back to the original source work um, even still today. It's, it's amazing to see because the Abrahamics, um, when they expanded out into the uh, northern Europe, um, what most people would consider Europe, it's very interesting because anytime you see, uh, depending on what they're doing, if they talk about something really crappy, they'll say Europeans and then you open it up and it's always Greek and Romans. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure how that ties in with nor what most people think of as Europe. Cause when people think European, they don't think Greek, No, you know, they think English, German, Scandinavian. Yeah. They, and it's, it's this interesting little thing, but when they, uh, when they started expanding, um, it was pretty well known that the priests in order to keep power and in order to make sure that the, the, any type of reality of the message didn't come across to the people would preach in Latin, you know, and then basically, you know, read in Latin, preach in Latin. And then they'd tell you, well, that's what this meant. And, uh, you know, so you've got one thing and they got another. 
Um, so it's very interesting to see all these years later, uh, you know, more than a century later, couple centuries since that kind of thing has been going on. Uh, there's still so many people that will so adamantly follow a faith and have never even read the book. Right. Um, never checked out their own material. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. They, they, they don't call it blind faith for nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but so back to the cosmic egg. So now what we have then is a Vesca Pisces or an egg. And inside of that is where life starts expressing. So we don't just have the negative pole. We don't just have the positive pole. It's where these two things are meeting together. That's where life actually started coalescing and things started happening. And you can read through the progression of the stories how then things start coalescing more. Because when the two things meet, it didn't immediately just into everything that there is now. The first, the first couple beings appear. And this also appears in most cosmologies. Um, again, once you take away that right-hand religious teaching and you go back and look at the actual uh, cosmology, you're going to find these this in most of them. Um, but uh, the first being then is Ymir and Adumbla. Now, Ymir is the masculine. He's this great masculine uh, ice giant, and he's frozen in the ice. And then you've got Adumbla, and Adumbla is this great cow. Now, you can take and uh, uh, parallel that to uh, most cosmologies where then they talk about a cow or like the horns of Hathor, um, the rays of the sun of Apollo that uh, Hermes stole were the rays of the sun that Hermes stole from Apollo was a, a herd of cattle and in their horns was gold, uh, so on and so forth. So the cow then is the sun or the chaos side or the Muspelheim side. Um, and then in the heathen cosmology, Adumbla goes to the frozen Ymir and licks. Um, so then the rays would be like the licking, you know, uh, and this unfreezes Ymir and now Ymir is mobile. And from this uh, springs a number of other creatures, which is where the gods in, uh, initially come from and the dwarves and the elves. Um, <clears throat> so eventually out of this group, um, and that's, here's another thing that uh most people, a lot of times, they don't realize that Odin was not the first being. And we don't look at it like that. Um, we call yeah. him all father because of the things that he did um, and the position that he took. And that position included uh, merging the Asir and the Vanir. So Odin was not that first being. That was Ymir. And uh, even the first god that was uh, born uh, was Buri who I, I think uh, when you look at uh, Tolkien's writings, because Tolkien's writings are uh, based off of heathen cosmology. Um, and you look at uh, Burry, I think that's uh, um, Tom Bombadil. And he's 
he's actually uh, Odin's grandfather and uh, was here before creation, before the world actually coalesced into a world. So Odin is actually uh, uh, a third generation God. He's got parents and grandparents. Um, but at some point, Odin, Billy, and Vey are born. And uh, when you start looking at the stories again, you understand that that's all one person, Odin, Billy, and Vey. Okay. That uh, it's after, because the first thing that they go and do, or one of the first things they do, uh, as far as the stories are concerned, is go and slay Ymir. And use the pieces of Ymir to uh, create this world. And so the firmament is Ymir's skull. The clouds are his brains. Um, the rivers and oceans is blood. Uh, things like that. The mountains are his bones. Um, so, and then after that, Odin, Vili, and Bay then make, make man. And they end up finding uh, ash log and an elm log. And they use them to craft the first man and woman ask, ask an embla. And uh, Odin gives him his high mind, his reasoning, his thinking. Uh, Vili gives him his walking animal power. And Vey gives him a name. Gives them a name. So that's your ego. And so really from that story, you very much understand that this is one, one being and he's talking in a, from a threefold mind position um, where you've got three centers of power, three minds. Um, and understanding that one's your high chaos mind, just like, and this is the exact same way that the creation was made. When you look at that, because there's, there's three things at that point from from your standpoint outside of the all mother, because you've got Muspelheim, which is its own thing. Niflheim's its own thing. And once one's your, your sulfur side, one's your salt side. But then you've got the Vesca Pisces, the Midgard, where these two things are meeting because a, a Jack and a Coke is not Jack Daniels, nor is it Coke. It's its own thing. It's a Jack right. and Coke. And that's what you're talking about with the Vesca Pisces is a mix of these two things where they've met. And, um, and, and another thing I just want to uh, kind of pop in, ask an Embla. I, I mean, there's your Adam and Eve, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. everything. And, and I guess that's kind of the, the, the journey that I'm kind of on is like everything like, cause especially here in central Pennsylvania, where I'm from. I mean, it's, it's heavily, I mean, there's Amish Mennonite. I mean, it, it's strictly, you know, mm -hmm. religious and, you know, they, they, they try to preach it to you any, and any chance they get. And, and I get that, you know, if, if that at the end of the day makes you feel good and makes you feel like a, a good person that you're going to go to a greater place. Great. I'm, I'm not going to doggy on it, but look into where your, um, religion came from because the yep. Norse pagans mythology, uh, mythology and belief system was here. Way Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Before yours. Way before yours. And, you know, that kind of ties into the, the whole box saga thing. And it's just... And then you get Christmas. Fascinating how many people are how many people are have 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 recently talked about that. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, the box saga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard it on uh, the Deep Share uh, podcast, and Andy uh, first brought it to my attention by by listening, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" And it, it, this makes this makes a ton of ton of sense you know like the how the modern english language actually is a derivative of yeah. of that and not latin not greek not none yeah. of that you know and it, it's another one of those lies and absolutely again that's why i reached out to you to have a conversation on this because you know i believe more in the norse um belief system than i would christianity at this point in my life and and it makes more sense and then like i said you know and i don't know a ton on the box saga but it it fascinates me and i want to learn more you you know what i mean i i i really wish that uh there was and the there's never going to be uh more resources for that and i wish that there was um, I don't think Eeyore Bach was a real good guy. Um, no, he was, he had a shitty past. Yeah. And I think he was just kind of a shitty person. And I think he, uh, used his, uh, his cosmology in order to get things that he wanted. And I think he did a lot of alterations to it. But with that said, what is there, there is some real, valid points that they make and there's some real interesting things in there that uh are absolutely fascinating um i recently had to go revisit it um and i'm working real hard to try and pull this out because uh unfortunately uh eeyore himself is dead Mm -hmm. and then uh his main student is also dead oh Um, jim chesner died like he yeah yeah, so that's uh, that story is just going to get less and less available, right? Is uh, well, it was passed down in, orally in for how many years. thousands of years? Yes, you know what I mean. It's like holy shit. Yep. Exactly. Um, so there's some real interesting things in there that, uh, like you said, the language thing is fascinating. Um, I unfortunately had to go back and go try and I, what I'm trying to dig through is the sexual rights, mm-hmm. not because I want to, because that is absolutely the most horrifying part of it. Um, I mean, not that uh, homosexuality in and of itself is horrifying, but the way that they went through these rights is just, it's pretty ugly. And you right. can tell that Eeyore just brought that in for his own personal, uh, you know, 
gross. But uh, anyways, <laughs> there are pieces of it, though, that I believe that are just twists. And there's fascinating parts to it that uh, I'm having to dig through where uh, it's ties to nature in ways that like nothing I've ever seen before. Like uh, the one that's really rough that I'm having a hard time with now is uh, they have this whole sequence of events. Now he is, this is the Bach family. And from them, from them, the Bach meant the goat, which when you take that esoterically, um, you realize that th that's the root side as opposed to the, the ether side. So you're talking about your root, your groin. Um, and the goat or the Bach was the only one allowed to mate with the high queen or whatever. Um, I can't remember what her name is off the top of my head, but before he would go to go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, no, no big deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't either. Right. Right. It's not that relevant. Right. But either way, it was the queen. He's right. the only one that's allowed to procreate with the queen and uh which was in this special place in hell uh which was helsinki thing finland um and it was down in the earth so uh, and according to them that's where asgard itself was asgard wasn't in the sky it was in the earth uh very interesting um but when you look at the way the natural cycle works and this is something that Elsie King and I have been working on real hard. And this goes along with the cosmic egg and uh, what we, what I'm calling the biochemical universe, um, where the luminaries are all just energetic centers and they're just passing energy back and forth to each other. And it's a, this really amazing cycle and chemical process that happens that is li literally just a really big fancy battery. Um, but through this cycle, pretty much everything feeds the moon, except for the sun, everything else feeds into the moon. And then the moon itself feeds the sun. And, uh, when you're looking at the box saga, then the goat, before he can go and pregnate the queen, he has his, I think it's either five or seven captains. And I'm having the hardest time getting this information. I even actually have some interviews that nobody else has. Oh, um, nice. They're not even aired out. Um, yeah. Um, and it's just hard because nobody wants to talk about this information, but these four is either five or seven captains would ejaculate either into his mouth or into his hand or something, but they were feeding him and then he would then go and pregnate the queen. Oh. And it was absolute right. That's weird. Oh, oh, th their sexual rights are so horrifying. So horrifying. But when you take away that part of it, um, it starts matching some of the sky cycles and the way things work in the sky. And it's absolutely fascinating. And, and you can even see where some of the twists has ha have happened. Cause like Jim Chesner, he talks about how the world's a globe, but then talks about how it used to be 24 hour sun, but then the world tilted. If it's a ball, I, what difference would that make? Right. Like, you know, 
Like when you tilt, when you tilt a ball or spin it, just another side of it. So how would the world have went from 24 hour sun to less than that? Cause it tilted a little bit. Right. And that's I, discussed it, in the box. It doesn't like, even make sense. Like there was an impact and it tilted it. And now we're kind of wobbling and right. doing all this. And it's like, well, that doesn't really make that much sense, but okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, no. And, and I think that was, again, Jim Chet, or uh, I mean, uh, Eeyore Bach uh, twisting his own legacy because I don't think he knew it that well. I don't think he really cared about it that well. I think that's part of why he was the last of his line. Um, I think there was an extreme twisting. And I think he mostly was using that in the uh, guru fashion. And he just was a homosexual guru. So he was molesting young boys instead of molesting young girls um, from his spiritual position. Right. And, you know, and he got the fruits of what he did. But I think that there was a lot of twisting in that because of that. And he wanted to draw in more people. And uh, especially take 10 years ago, if you said the earth was flat, you were not going to be well received by anybody. No. Um, 10 years ago, they're going to, wow. But 50 or 60 f- years before that, you would have been accepted. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very interesting. It's very, uh, so many things that, uh, the television, when that came out, it just straight programmed people. And it's not even that old of an invention. And so many people don't realize that all their understandings come from that TV. And even the, the people in charge do the same thing. And it's a weird deal. Like if you sit down and you watch like congressional hearings and things, they start talking about the information they have and it's from a TV program they watched and they say that. Yeah. Like they got it from the news. They got it from media, blah, blah. Well, Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And then it was manipulated and right. It's like, what facts are you actually going after? Right. You're fucking Congress. Why do you not have the dead on facts in front of you? You know, like, why are you, reading the newspaper why are you getting the same shit stories we are and you're making laws off them i don't understand so even our even our the the people in power are getting their information from media from television not realizing that the first time you ever saw a globe earth a ball earth it was made up on Disney and it's just something that they just wanted to put out on TV. Exactly. Yeah. The, the TV has been running everything, been programming you since the day it came out. And, and at this point it's a real fight to unprogram people. Um, And it, it was nice. The freeing that the internet did, for a little while but now it's really just settling back down into it that poison still creeping back in where you see where like uh the main media sites are all still the same people that ran uh television and corporate media the entire time where you get like facebook and uh things like that and people want to there's this huge fight over censorship and there's a lot of people that, you know, they own the platform. They should be able to let what's said on it be said. And that is, that is at least somewhat true, 
but when you're uh, more of a public utility like that, you can't have that. Uh, you can't be like that there. And they realize that they're acting as a public utility at this point, especially right. when you have government backing and that nobody can possibly compete with you. Well, they got you the know, government backing because the, the it used every, to be LifeLock. Yeah. Before it was Facebook. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, well, we'll let this dude act like he created it, even though he didn't. And then the people that, you know, took the fall or, or, or sued, okay, hold on, you'll get your time and you'll make your, your millions, just take one on the chin. And then, you know, we'll go from there. And here we are, you know, and, and, and honestly, I think that's kind of why podcasts have really started blowing up because it's a, it's an alternative way to get the truth out there. And I didn't start listening to podcasts until about maybe three, three years ago, uh, at this point. And once I did before that, it was like talk radio, but I was hearing, you know, the right side all the time. And, and eventually it, Mm -hmm. it, it just, it, it didn't, it, it didn't appeal to me because I was looking for more information, but I was only getting one side of it. And I'm not, I say this all the time. I'm not the only one that says it, but it's two wings, one fucking bird. You know, they're both mm-hmm. going to say the same thing in a slightly different way. And it's for a reason because it's all about controlling what you think, what your narrative is and where they want you to go in life. Like you live off grid. So, so they think kind of like how you said in the beginning, you know, okay, well, he's not out there trying to make money, so he's going to be miserable because everybody needs to be have money and lots of money to be happy. So they won't fuck with you. And yep. in your mindset, you're, you're free as can be. You pay a little bit for your property taxes and whatnot. And they leave you, they leave you alone. But in their mind, they think you're suffering. And that's what they want. Exactly. Exactly. And because in their mind, like when I started dating Christy, her she had friends and family that flat called our life abuse and said I abuse her. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, it's it's a crack up. Like it is. And and and, and to be a Norse pagan, um, most people think, oh, you're a Viking and, and you raid pillage rape do all this they were probably one of the most peaceful people you know always willing to help somebody you know you see it on tiktok absolutely there's this uh black gentleman um i i forget his name um but he's a norse pagan and lately he's been being called out like uh, you're you're black you can't be norse pagan and and da 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 and he you know he had someone come on and be like well, here's the story. In a a nutshell, this dude, this black dude down south, I don't know if it was Florida or whatever, was running from the KKK and came across some, some pagans and they were, you know, spreading good cheer and, you know, goodwill and what have you. And they stopped him like, you know, what's, what's going on, you know, and he explained and they said, well, get behind us. We're going to go kill these stupid motherfuckers. You know what I mean? (laughs) But everybody, and you look now the Vikings program on history, it it was good, 
but but I think they glorified it in it a way. It was entertaining. That, yeah, yeah. But and they glorified it in in the the standard tradition that oh, all they do want to do is fight, kill, and okay, yeah, you you piss off a, a Norse pagan, it, we're not going to back down. You know, we're not. Yeah. We don't care if we die. We're going to stand up for what we believe. However, if if I see you need something or you're suffering, come here. Come here. I I don't care where you come from. Come here. Let me let me feed you. Let me clothe you. Let me you know nurse you back to health. Whatever whatever the case may be. And people don't see that side of it. And that that's the side. Yeah. And kind of why I reached out to you is I I want that to be more known. Now I'm not. I'm not Sam Tripley or Crow Triple Seven. You know, I'm not that big yet. Um, I hope to be one day, but I do have a following. And it, people, nice. I, I don't care if it hears one person hears this and is like, oh shit, wow. You know, I, I thought they were this way, but they're not. And, and they're a loving, caring individual and more caring than, you know, driving down the highway and seeing a, a semi or a tractor trailer with this foul beaten, beaten image, almost like the, uh, the, the bad boy eyebrow logo that they used to have. It said, did you pray? Well, why would I yeah, want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, Cause you're, you're, you're almost telling me like, oh shit, I better do that or else I'm uh, bad things are going to happen. No, I thought your God was loving, you know, it just exactly. always contradicts everything. Sounds awful strong arm to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, instead of having to pay the vig, you you go to hell. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, I I love this subject. Um, this is one of my favorite subjects that I spend a lot of time on. Um, so it, it it's very interesting the way that they try and portray vikings uh in hollywood and this entirely comes out of hollywood um number one viking is an is a, a verb uh it's not a people um there were no viking people uh viking is literally the explorer the raider uh the person that leaves home and goes out and and explores new lands that was you know um, specifically so it was it was a heathen people um and then it's very interesting because it, the way the history books that they write and the way that hollywood tries to portray it um they make it seem as if suddenly vikings discovered england and just started raping and pillaging the peaceful people and uh these people just vaguely came from just outside of england and uh, at the same time, when you start reading and you start actually studying, you find out that heathens were the greatest sailors. This is part, and this is known as that they even tell this in the Viking stories, where these were the most traveled people in the world. Um, a Viking ship was typically 30 men or less. And if it was 30 men, that was a king. Wow. That, that was the equivalent of a king. Um, so your typical ship wasn't no, nowhere near that size. And they would typically go out by themselves or maybe two, a couple ships. So this is just a small group of men that are showing up. Now, if you just show up and start raping and, and pillaging in different places, 
it's not going to take long before you're not a real popular people. And anytime that you start landing on anybody's shorts, they're going to just start shooting arrows and throwing spears and whatever they can do to get you the hell away from them. Cause they know what you're about. Exactly. Um, right. So that's, that's just common sense. Well, then the other thing that they admit and everybody understands is what great sailors heathens were. Well, Germany and England are right next to each other. Iceland, you know, all these little countries, the Scandinavian idea, they're all right in a tiny, tiny area. Mm -hmm. They didn't just discover England, you know, a couple hundred years ago and just start being and pillaging. This is insane. Um, now, what did happen is if you start looking at history, um, after, uh, so Abrahamic cosmology comes out of uh, Israel, which, you know, we today know is like the Israel, Israeli Palestine area, mm -hmm. which is right outside the Mediterranean. They expanded over into Rome and got picked up by Rome where the Caesars decided that this was a pretty cool religion and uh, joined forces with Rome. And then you got the Roman Catholic uh, again, Rome uh, uh, and all those Greece, all that. These are Mediterranean countries. Uh, so this isn't really that big of an expansion. And when you read any of the works that they feed and shove down your throat and tell you that these are the great classic works and this is where all the information comes from, they, they refer to that area as the world. And that was the whole world was just this little area around the Mediterranean where you had the Persians, the Greeks, uh, uh, things like that um and then when you look at it uh like uh alexander guys like that they went out and attacked the barbarian hordes which they weren't the world that was the tribal people um so when they get there again this is something that i was just talking about earlier uh abrahamics and the romans this is civilization uh, this is big cities everybody under one control um, as opposed to a tribal, individualist, self-sufficient uh, system. And so they can't take the tribal, self-sufficient, individualist people. And they have to run over them and conquer them. Um, so the, they went over and they had the Teutonic Wars and the Gallic Wars. Uh, they, in the middle, got into a little scrap with the Germans and uh, got and uh, got their asses handed to them. Uh, three Roman legions uh, to a man were slaughtered. So they went around and instead conquered England a little more. They're like, you know, Germany seems a little pissy. We're going to leave them alone and we're going to go ahead and switch over here. So one of the first things that they do when they start taking over an area is, especially in our areas, we're cut down the sacred groves. And the sacred groves uh, were always on top of a ley line uh, setup. So it was a nice PowerPoint where you had the PowerPoints of the, of, of the crystal grid. Um, so they'd cut down these uh, uh, sacred groves and then they'd build their church on it. And uh, including there was a sacred grove called Ermansel um, that they cut down and that was Odin's tree. And every seven years, they would make a pilgrimage type thing to go and have a, a, a thing 
at Ermansel. And a lot of things happened there. So when the Roman Catholics came in and just started massacring all of our sacred things, and then not only that, but forcing people into uh, uh, conversion uh, and using political intrigue and things like that in order to do it, well, eventually that pissed off the heathen people. And that's what they call, it's also the Viking era is also referred to as the Great Northern Uprising where they got tired of Rome taking over everything, beating up all their friends. And when you burn down the sacred groves that we had and put a church on top of it, well, what did we come back and burn? Churches. So we took back our sacred areas, burnt your churches to the ground. And then, of course, just like uh, the Abrahamic's typical nonsense, they just start crying um, oh, look, we're being attacked and, and forget the part where they tore down and demolished the sacred grove that used to stand there. Um, you know, they're just too busy pointing fingers, crying about what's going on now. Uh, so this wasn't even that long ago that uh, this conversion happened. We, we still have these things in recent histories. And depending on which history you read, whether it was an Abrahamic person or not, um, depends on what light that's held in uh but anytime you have a forced conversion of a people that was literally the dark ages and a lot of people don't want to realize that when actual skin colored white men were converted to, to abraham the abrahamic order that was the dark ages where they went around and and raped murdered tortured crucified did all those wonderful things to anybody who would not submit to them. And that all came out of the Mediterranean and out of a desert area. And right. so it's absolutely fascinating to see then uh, a couple hundred, you know, 400 years later, 500 years later, uh, the entirety of Europe is so horribly washed with it and ingrained with it. And that's part of where you start looking then, again, matching alchemy to a lot of these stories and understanding these processes. And uh, <clears throat> it takes 400 years to overwrite a, 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 a people. It takes 40 years to, to do that process with a man. And it takes 40 days to do the alchemical process on a plant. So they're just putting all these civilizations through uh, uh, the alchemical process to make it into theirs and completely uh, overwrite everything that was ever there. And it takes them about 400 years to do it. And then you start looking back at their books and they were 400 years, they were slaves to these people. And all of a sudden their God was greater and they own all their stuff and they're in charge now. And then they were four, slaves to these people for 400 years, like, Weird. That happens a lot with you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Which then tells you they're just the ones and they and it's it's the most interesting thing because they're the conquerors who write themselves in as as the uh, uh, baby face the entire time. Um, they they it's very similar to what we're seeing today with the uh, liberal media and the liberal agenda where it's, it's, you know, punch from the bottom 
where where these people are uh, uh, just horrible low lives, and and anybody that's decent they take out. It, oh, it, it's sure. very amazing, you know. It, it, it's and then they tell you you're the bad guy. Like they're like very similar to like this uh, whole uh, uh, push of uh, what do they call that? Where uh, that thing that they're teaching in school now? Where critical race theory? Crit- yeah, critical race theory. And if you stand up against a a, a a literal teaching that states that white people are are bad, you know, which is extraordinarily racist. But if you speak up against it, you're racist. Right. And, it, and it's the same nonsense that you've been seeing come out of that culture uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years. That's just the way that they play. Uh, they're the best at it. Um, this is part of why uh, Jews were kicked out of so many countries historically. Um, they're really good at this intrigue in this game. And heathens were not. You know, their stories when we met Rome, uh, and there, even Rome tells stories like the story of the, the heathen that held the bridge against an entire Rome against an entire Roman army, one man, and that kept his friends from dying to, from the reinforcements, and his friends got to end up uh, doing much better in that battle because obviously because they, they didn't get sideswiped by reinforcements, and one heathen held the bridge, um, but that political intrigue and things like that it's 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 not our deal mm-hmm. uh and again they're the ones who write the history books the uh, same problem that we see again with the box saga where this man your Bach, uh was just alive uh this is a recent thing and you watch you know now his number one student also is dead again these are all oral uh and outside of what's been recorded on uh, podcasts and videos, um, according to him, it takes 20 years to pass on all this information. There's not 20 years worth of podcast information out there. there yeah. There's, you know, the, the, a, a show here and there, and he has a, a couple little series that he put up himself. But now that the two main people are dead and there's a couple other followers, but each time it's just going to get less and less until that Anybody can come along and write down anything and it's not going to matter because nobody's going to be able to contradict it. Um, the root's gone. Right. Yeah, it's... So... It's one of those things that when when you were laying this all out, I'm, I'm, I, I was just sitting here, I'm like, oh man, that, that sounds like what every country in the world is going through right now. Uh, including America, you know, they just browbeat us. They, they tell us we need to fall in line and uh, do these things. And, you know, that's the right way to do it. And when, when you look back on history, it's always written by the victor. Um, But Mm -hmm. if you look at alternative history and what actually went down, it tells a completely different story of, like you said, the heathen holding the bridge, you know, he was holding that bridge because he cared about his friends and did not want to comply to these fucked up rules and, and regulations and, and every yeah. beliefs and everything else that they were, they were trying to shove down his throat. And 
then they turn it and say, oh, no, the Vikings did this. Well, it's like, oh, Orange Man. Now, I voted for him. Not a, not a big fan anymore. Um, but Orange Man bad, you know, and now we have Mr. Shits My Pants. Like, really? <laughs> Uncle Sniffy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. this is a better, better option. Now, granted, Trump has and recently have been, I and another podcast have been doing some, you know, digging on uh, some other topics like the Pilgrim Society and what have you. Uh, they're, they're not good either. You know what I mean? It, 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 no. It, it's England still in control of the United States and Canada, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, and then people want to get involved in the, the, the heathen belief and you're demonized. Well, why would you want to do that? Well, why wouldn't I? Because that makes way more sense than the religion that you, you forcefully spread across the entire planet, you know, whether it's round or flat, take your pick and browbeat everybody into basically submission you know oh i got to do this well last i checked doing that that's a form of slavery absolutely it's no different than the test where they uh, had the rats that had the treats at the top of the ladder and they started hitting the rats with a zap when they try and get the treats and then eventually the next generations won't even go up and try and get those treats and anybody that does they get attacked right we literally have the same thing going on and anybody that tries to go up and free themselves out of this nonsense and and it's amazing how they how they hold this because it's like they they openly state that if you're not a born hebrew you're not you're not good to go you're not one of God's people. You're, you're, you're a second-class citizen. You're a goyim. And, and then they somehow have the most insulation from racism. You cannot say anything against a Jew, period. That, that's, you, you're going to get axed, shut mm-hmm. off, kicked out of any major media. No chance you can do this. Or, or even mention uh, a, a Jesuit. Their religion flat says that they are God's chosen people and you're here to serve them, which, oofta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't believe the Pope's a Jesuit. That is so amazing. Uh, yeah. Internet connection is unstable. Oh, can you hear me? That. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't believe that either. It, 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 it's. It absolute uh, everything about it is so mind control and so so weird. And I was very harshly against it for a number of years. Um, now I actually lost you. Well, that's are what we better yet? Yeah, Testing. there One, you go. Two, three. Yeah. I hear you. Testing. Yep. There Testing. you go. I was just about ready to Testing. fill in and be One, like, hey, two, three. Yep. I, I hear you. Hopefully you can hear me. Testing. You're good. Uh, well, apparently we're hitting too close. Yeah, to I can the hear truth. you now. <laughs> we're hitting too close to the truth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You start you start bringing in the uh, the major media owners. 
they don't like you talking about them. (laughs) Well, here we are on a major media thing. It's hilarious (laughs) because, but yeah, yep, yep, and uh, yeah, they they own all of it. They own all of it. It's it's fairly amazing, and 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 somehow then get uh, uh, they get lumped in with your northern white Europeans up until it's time for the you know then they get the free pass because the holocaust and things like that but but when they're owning it i don't understand like bezos zuckerberg that entire group i mean you're talking about a tiny little group that owns everything (laughs) yeah all the information you're getting and that's supposed to be normal right right and 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 you wonder and and everybody's completely programmed Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's ever since the television came out, and unfortunately, uh, because people are so uh, lazy with things, because it's amazing. Because where the hard part is, is you even see the people that are screaming, you know, why, why we don't want censorship, blah blah blah, and those same people won't come over to Rockfin or won't right. go over to BitChute or go over to a platform that is. Um, they just want to scream about the way they want something. They want it their way, but they don't want to do anything to change it. And so, and if somebody does go do something, they don't want to go follow either. Like no. I said, you, you go to, uh, Rockfin's growing nicely, it is. but if Rockfin has a thousandth of the, the, uh, client or the people on it that YouTube does, I'd be shocked. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, hopefully one day I I would like to get my stuff over on Rockfin, um, because I, I I like the content um, that they allow to be put out. You know what I mean? Y- you have podcasts like yep. mine, yours, and so many others that 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 tackle a lot of these issues, and they let it up. You, you put you know I have to sit there and consciously think, okay, this episode did. Did we say the C word, you know, is that going to get me taken down? Even though I have, you know, a couple episodes up that have gained some really good traction and, and, you know, people are getting the information, you know, I shouldn't have to do that, you know, at, at all. And, you know, we live under this guise that we have all these, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of press, you know, the and the list goes on but at the end of the day do we really because um the last i checked um we live in a corporate america um america is a corporation and yeah we need to start looking into getting more information more information on how to become a a sovereign citizen of what america was originally you know, designed, you know, granted it was created by Freemasons, you know, say what you will, but at the end of the day, it, we all had our own individual rights and, and that's what heathens always, you know, believed in, you know, I, I don't need to follow you into your battle. That's your battle. But at the end of the day, if, if you need my help, I will follow you into battle and make it my battle just just to make sure 
you know, what you're standing up for is preserved. And, you know, you know, we touched on it, you know, history is written by the victor, you know, nothing, absolutely nothing's preserved. It's preserved by the liars and the cheaters and the stealers. And, you know, I was talking with my wife just yesterday about, you know, kind of some of this stuff. And she goes, Oh, some of the stuff you talk about kind of scares me. I says, just because you do not understand it. You don't understand it. And, you know, you take Christmas and I, I remember speaking about that. And she's like, don't take Santa Claus away from me. I have so many good memories about Santa Claus. I was like, well, at the end of the day, you know, his belly's fat from kids. So, you know, maybe say what now <laughs> you know chrono, what, what, you're gonna being, have to you're gonna have to tell you're gonna have to tell me this one. Oh, uh santa is actually based off uh like being chronos and sacrificing kids to make his belly full and um you know and then they stole some pagan beliefs with the with the evergreen tree and the star yeah, on santa's top. santa's old yes in in pagan belief but then right if you look in other um different beliefs he is chronos father of time he's nimrod he's tamus um it, it, and it, and i could be wrong but odin isn't always the good guy am i am i correct on that there, there is no there is no good or evil right but uh and o- mo- odin's a mercurial figure so he uh he 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 varies a lot right a lot but on on the i guess i i would say the christian-esque of what they stole uh, they stole it from you know like the the greeks and and you know okay you have the fertile pine tree that represents fertility going in, into uh saturn with star and it it, it gets very <laughs> convoluted but at the end of the day um see this is what i was talking about earlier where every time you hear something really fucked up it's always out of rome and greece you know and 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 anytime they say pagan because on the flip side um the 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 christmas tree is a tree that actually stays alive Mm -hmm. during the winter time which is part of why that is so special um and it's part of why the ash tree is so special uh it's going to stay alive during the winter time. Um, it's pointing right up toward Polaris. Uh, so we're talking about uh, looking to Polaris, which is what uh, would be more closely akin to God. Uh, Christians are very confused. And so are a lot of other people. It's hilarious because everybody then also wants to call like uh, Venus Lucifer, which doesn't make any sense at all. Um, like or the morning or star. Saturn or saturn right it's saturn right. worship and, and then they want to make saturn they want to make saturn evil which it isn't at all um it, it's it just depending on which side of the sign or which position of the cycle you're in whether we're in the galvanic time or the in the electrolysis time saturn's either the most cathodic or the most anodic right it just depends on which side which side we're on um but it, that's absolutely fascinating that yeah. uh, they draw that to there's just so much nastiness so then the christmas tree obviously um the 
mountain forests of Germany, uh, pine trees are a little bit more well-known than they are in the deserts of Israel. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, there is no such thing as reindeer in Israel. Uh, I mean, I think they have in zoos now, but there is no native reindeer <laughs> to Israel. Um, big fat guy dressed up in really warm clothes. Again, not really a desert thing. No. Uh, that's uh, the reindeer flu because reindeer are particularly fond of eating uh, magic certain, mushrooms. Yes, a certain and, mushroom. And that's where Rudolph comes into play because you bet. they would eat it and their nose would turn red because of you know the chemical process and in, in that certain they mushroom. enjoy it so much that they piss in their mouth and get high again from it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could do this again <laughs> yeah um, that was awesome yeah i, I flew around the world. Some of my own pee yeah exactly so entirely, uh, this story is a heathen story. It's very interesting because like the Romans, the Romans just were, and uh, the partner that I'm talking about on my show with the Germanic talks is uh, Rachel Munas. Mm -hmm. And she, she went off one day, somebody asked her about that. And she's like, Greece has no, no religion. No, they were just, they sucked in everybody else's they fucked it all up for everybody and just spit it back out. Like, like, like it was something special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she apologized to me afterward. I was like, I was trying not to stand up and start cheering. Yeah. Jeez. Cause, cause <coughs> you know, you, you, you take it back to a, a, a simple thing. Okay. Were they Roman gods or Greek gods? And, or now that you say that, Oh no, the Greeks stole the Roman gods and just renamed them. And then, that's what the Roman Empire did all across the entire fucking continents that they took over. They absolutely they stole what they they found out, switched it around, and turned it into their own shit. Mm -hmm. And then and then always accuse the people of the things that they do. So whatever evils they did on the way in that's what they accuse you of being mm -hmm. and accuse you of doing. And by the time a couple hundred years pass, your great, great, great grandchildren believe that shit. Exactly. And yeah, you that's know, their story repeats. And, you know, we're, we're talking about having a, a, a little card to prove something. Uh, last time that happened, uh, Hitler was in charge. So, and then you right. had that whole uh, Q movement, that, you know, the government's coming to save you from the government. Last time uh, we heard that <laughs> wasn't that long ago. Uh, same fucking person. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, and honestly, uh, what you were talking about earlier with Trump. Um, so what I think I what I think is coming is a hard right religious uh, movement. Uh, is getting ready to overtake everything. Mm. Uh, hard right Abrahamic religious movement. It, um, and part of that is... Oh, man. That makes <coughs> we so worked, much sense we, because... He, 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 oh. have, have you ever looked see, into we the weren't ready for it society? With Trump. Well, we, we weren't quite ready for it with Trump. They tested it. Right. And a, a bunch of people bought, but not enough. And so they had to put... They had to put bumblefuck biden in and to really really 
run things down into the shitter so we would accept this hard right boot, you mm-hmm. know, more jackboot type yeah. uh, to leadership. Christianity with Islam uh, mm-hmm. called, called Chrislam. Mm-hmm. And when you look into the Pilgrim Society, and then he, he's a Protestant, which they mainly are the ones that are in control out of Europe and mainly Britain and what have you. Uh, the last Catholic, openly Catholic president we had was shot in the fucking head. And now we have a new right. Catholic president. Okay. Well, the Protestants don't like the Catholics. And when Trump was, you know, he was asked, do you, do you ask for forgiveness? And he, he could never answer the question, but then he goes over to the Vatican and hands him all these um, documents pretty much saying, Hey, I, I'm giving Martin Luther King back to you so you can blend it back into your religion and make a new one world religion again to give you the power. And it's like, wake the fuck up people like wake up. Come on. And then and then uh, I, I, he did something to make it so that uh, Jews had access to the Temple Mount again mm-hmm. so they could end up holding their ceremonies up there. No, it's it's bad. All it, bad. It is. And, you know, I'm just a common common little dude in middle of no nowhere, basically in Pennsylvania. And, and I can figure this stuff out by connecting dots and, and talking to people, you know, such as you and, and, and others. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're like, how the fuck isn't anybody else questioning this or wanting to, well, it's, it's, it's called the TV. You know, you come home, Mm -hmm. you cook dinner, you, you watch your, your programs or your stories and you look at your phone and then you go to bed and get up and go to work and do it all over again. And yep, it, it sucks. It, it, you know, them bread and circuses. Yes. And, and I was guilty of it for, for the longest time. You know, I, I haven't, wa- I don't watch too much TV anymore or listen to, to radio or whatever. Um, but I was always a free thinker in, in the sense that something's not right. You know what I mean? I, I guess, mm-hmm. I, I guess I grew up being a conspiracy theorist or, uh conspiracy realist whatever you want to whatever term you want to call it now but you at the end of the day you know whether thomas jefferson was a good guy or a bad guy question everything even the very existence yes. of god you have to yes. question because if you're not questioning anything you're just letting the victor tell you what happened even though they did some fucked up shit and blamed it on them and they're the bad guys exactly exactly and and it's been happening throughout history and and we need to really understand that uh absolutely since the beginning of time basically you know what i mean you know i'm yep uh, well what's what 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 really what really is the worst is they've dumbed our society down so much that they can't that we can't even fathom what they're doing and that's that's how they win because your average person uh it's too much they're like oh for a, for a group of people to pull all that off eh, it's not that hard no it's not. Eh, it's not that hard 
it's not that hard, especially when you're uh, in, in ingesting fluoride at every turn. <laughs> Ufta. <laughs> yeah the toxins that they that they dump down people's throats at this point i yeah. mean it's just absolutely amazing and then the worst the worst part is and on the flip side then because of that rather than just go back to the drawing board i think half of the truth community just goes to the opposite side which just makes you just as controllable right. you know it's very similar to what i found when i first started uh working in the pagan and heathen communities um, so many of them are still controlled by the church because they go based off what the church says and do the opposite. Like, yeah, but I, I don't want the church telling me what to do. Even, <laughs> they're still doing that. If you do the opposite of what they say, you're still like, <laughs> you're part maybe of the game. Just step back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. J just step back, start making sense. Let's mm -hmm. do that. You know? Um, so like, uh, just recently I'm broiled in this whole thing and I'm actually going to shoot a video on it this evening, um, where the community has really, really gotten, uh, balls deep with the, uh, uh, terrain theory mm. and there's nobody asking hardball questions on it. And, um, when I did, and when I had some hardball things to say about it that are just common logic, which if you can't answer that then why are you saying that this is a valid theory um i just it got pulled like it's so <laughs> right it's kind of like, right. like when you you debate debate flat earth and you bring this evidence and they just shout scream and and you know basically call you a moron um yeah but never bring any hard facts or you yeah. know and that's on any any debate anymore you know what i mean like absolutely come on open your no, mind I'll, I'll, everything i don't is, do any of those fun. debates yeah, uh, yeah everything they're, they're is horrible possible. it is it is and and the thing is 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 and most people don't realize this this is one of the big points that i make that i i that i really want people to look up is is that um look up uh the replication crisis and you're going to find that in basically any of your lifetimes, all most of the science that was produced as true science can't be replicated. No. So it it's not science in we've any never, way. We've never replicated or, or contained a virus. But right. people think viruses are real. <laughs> and, and they might be. They, they I don't be. know. Yeah. That's. That's the whole thing. I don't jump clean over to the terrain theory. I agree that 99% of the issues, the terrain theory does, you know, a very eloquent explanation. We all get sick at the same time because we're all taking in approximately the same toxins from the environment and things like that and get an overload in your body makes sense. But then there's things on that other side where no matter how I live, no matter what toxins I take in, unless I have sex with somebody else that has an STD, you know, i.e. herpes, chlamydia, um, gonorrhea, I can never have those. I can sit right next to that person naked, eat the same food, eat out of the same bowl, shower in the same shower, do everything that person does for, for six months, and I will never get that STD. 
no. um, which is a direct human to human transmission of something. Okay. What it is, I, mm-hmm. I don't claim that I know. And, and that's the whole thing is that we have been so horribly misinformed that rather than just jump to a different thing, we really need to just really stand back and make some real evaluations um, on the world. I do like the German new medicine where they're t- where they put things more in an electrical reference because, and what I would say, if I was going to guess, and when I look at things, um, I would say that we're dealing with a parasite and this is just a microscopic parasite. Um, Hence why ivermectin worked. Right. And, and, but because the community is so jumped the shark on this terrain theory, now we can't have, now you don't hear conversations about things like turpentine, mm-hmm. um, black walnut oil, all those other natural things that are also an anti-parasitic. Yeah. Um, and even into, so, in, even into mushrooms. Right, right, absolutely. So we could be dealing with this in a very natural way. Um, and then we could look at things like, why don't, why don't the parasites attack everybody? And, and then some people, like one of the answers I got was, well, if it, was, if it works for one person, it should work for everybody. Well, let's look at bigger parasites. Uh, lice. Right. 20 kids in a classroom could get lice and there's still five that don't. Why mm-hmm. the fuck didn't those kids get the lice? Apparently they weren't tasty. I don't or- know. Um, Maybe it's because everybody has their own unique genetic makeup, just like, you know, right. I keep throwing this back to mushrooms. Mushrooms are the same way that they are yep. no relative to, to a plant. Each mushroom, you can pick that you, you can take two of the same mushroom. They're going to have completely different genetic makeup down to their DNA. That's the same with, with, with parasites. You know, okay, so one's going to attack this one because maybe it has like-minded um, DNA structure yep. and it craves off that and needs, needs to feed off it. And yep. these people, like you said, aren't tasty because, well, they're stronger. Oh, we can't, we, we can't get in there and get what we need because, you know, they have a, they have a stronger wall if, if you right. want to look at it in a, in a war sense. So, so why waste their energy trying? Go after the yep. ones that are easy. Yep. And, and so again, when we're looking at general uh, things rather than like where a, a direct transmission is required for uh, STD, there are other uh, parasites that uh, are able to access, you know, a larger area because they go through different means of transmission. Um, but still some of they're still going to like some people and still not. So that that's just a fact. Um, so when we start looking at it, which again, and, and again, it could very well be both because there's a reason we all do get sick in the fall and in the spring when there's the most pollen, there's the most mold, uh, there's the most changes. You're going through an extreme weather change. Um, your body's, your body's in a going through a whole lot so that absolutely goes with the train theory but also if you look at the german new medicine then also because your body's in that weakened condition because of all the fights that it's having you might be more vulnerable to a parasite so it could also be that a parasite is able to work its way into your system and uh 
very well could be something that uh, uh, you wouldn't have gotten had your system not been broken down. Right. Um, last year, uh, Christy and I went to go visit a good heathen friend of mine, and we went to something called uh, uh, Nordic Days in Iowa. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Nordic Days itself was horrible. Uh, the company that we were with was excellent. Um, they did all the dumb shit, like putting horns on their heads and running around doing all the crap that Christians say Vikings did and acting like they were Vikings. And it was just, it was horrible. There was nothing, no actual heathen uh, spirituality. Kind of like the Q shaman. Mm -hmm. Oh God. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That jackass. Um, yeah, running mm. around with his horns on his head and a in a in, in a valk nut and stuff. Yeah, that was something that was done again from Hollywood. It wasn't Hollywood at the time, but it was the opera. And opera singers would put horns on their helmets so they could te- so you could tell which side that they were on. Right, and they were the evil Vikings. Nobody wore a helmet like that. Could you imagine wearing bison horns on the side of your head like that? And turning your head during a battle or something, your head, no. your whole helmet just shifts. Yeah. You can't see a damn thing. And and, and the weight. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. like, come on, get, get the fuck out. Yeah. You here. lean over to duck under a sword swipe and then you can't stand back up because you're freaking, eh, you know, just idiocy, idiocy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, and, and it really bothered me that they put that guy up there and, because our culture is so under attack anyways because we're the we're the opposite of rome rome is civilization rome is it is the hive mind and we are the individuals and so everything from world war ii on they have done everything they can to demonize us uh take away any information about us uh take away any of our symbology um the swillow you know, the Nazi SS, you know, the Swillow. Mm-hmm. So that's banned in so many countries. Um, you know, the swastika, which you can find on all across the world and and understand that this was Odin's Wayne. Um, this was the trip of the, the uh, dipper around Polaris because Polaris is very important. It's not, the, it's not um, like even this is one thing I, we were talking about earlier. The, the sun is not, it's only recently that we came into this solar worship. It's mm-hmm. very interesting how, how they push that. You look at any older cosmology, the sun's not even a major character. Um, Greek, Greek, your, your uh, main characters, your main gods are Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. Apollo is some guy that just rides around on a chariot, you know, and nobody really talks about him. Right. Um, and heathen. Your main gods are Odin, uh, Tor, Loki, Tyr. None of those are the sun. The the sun is soul. You know, soul and money are the sun and moon. They aren't in any stories except for the stories about the sun and moon specifically. It's the only time they're even mentioned. Uh, So then you start looking at it. And the esoteric community, for whatever reason, has called uh, Venus Lucifer. And made the sun God. And, and that's very interesting because then when you read the Gnostic texts or anything like that, there's a difference between the fixed stars and the wandering stars. And the wandering stars are the archons or the evil ones. The sun is a wandering star, you dummies. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't move 
in a fixed pattern around Polaris. The fixed stars, Polaris from my house is right there. And even though it's sunny, sunny out right now, Polaris is right there. And as soon as the sun disappears, Polaris will be right there and all the time. And the sun comes up and hides Polaris. The right. sun is Lucifer. The, the sun itself is, is the Lucifer story. And it comes up and hides Polaris for a short time, but it always falls. And then Polaris is right there waiting perfectly, exact spot that it was. And all the fixed stars or the good angels revolve around Polaris in a perfect pattern as opposed to the wandering stars, which move in a different pattern that has nothing to do with Polaris as far as anybody can tell. So all that shit just gets really confused. And then you start understanding that all this, everybody's almost pushed into a solar deity at this point. Mm -hmm. They've tried to make everything into a solar deity. It's just very interesting. When, like I said, almost everything you look at the older cosmologies it's based off polaris is it's not even which would be what the the ash tree was pointing up at the great sacred tree right um (laughs) oh man well we'll wrap it there um i'm you bet i think we we can do part two three four um on this because um i don't know about you but me i had you i reached out to you to come on about a certain thing but the energy went completely different and it's a beautiful thing and you bet no it was a good conversation but yeah there's some other things we could talk about for sure absolutely and that that's kind of what you know my podcast is all about you know we we can start with a topic and no it's just going to go down several different rabbit holes and uh you know just pair off and, and and talk about talk about knowledgeable stuff you know stuff that needs well, to i'm be just not as focused today as i normally am i i got poison oak this week Ooh, like you wouldn't sucks. believe i like four days ago i couldn't see I, my whole face puffed up so bad i Ooh. couldn't see yeah so i'm pretty uh i'm not quite quite on it <laughs> Well, you were on it. You, no, you were on it to me anyway. <laughs> so um, I appreciate it. Let people know well, yeah. one more time where they can find you and we'll wrap it up. You and bet. thank you again for coming on. Like uh, I could sit and talk to you for hours on, on. Did you just go by ghost? Is that, is that what that, that that's my name for the, for the show. Um, nice okay just because so, i touch on ghost i appreciate it it was an honor brother and i really enjoyed it um and i would absolutely love to come back uh it's benjamin balderson on uh rockfin or youtube and uh, the show is called odin's out awesome yeah. and thank you again and that was another beautiful episode thank you
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.